Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Wow! Nice! Yeah! What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Josh Brown, it's a Monday. It's the wind-up. I'm Scott Tailford. You are Josh Brown. How are you doing? I really am. I'm all right. Thank you, Paul. Doing all right on his little birthday. It's a happy birthday, by the way. (laughs) Thank you very much, man. It is a uh, well. We've done a good news today. You know, yeah. being in the studio, the vibes have been good. It's a good birthday, <laughs> is all I can say. It's a good time. Birthday hugs are flowing. Um, every Monday we do the Wind Up Podcast, which which originally I was thinking this. Originally, the title came from the fact that me and you used to argue about literally everything, which I'm pretty sure will happen <laughs> once more games start coming out. And man's not played Are We One of the Wisps yet, so it's, uh, you know, it's, I'm hanging that over him for the rest of his days. But point being that the other the dual side of the Wind Up uh, phraseology was the idea of getting wound up for the week, getting um, psyched up and whatever else is going on. So um, in regards to that, we sometimes cover, you know, stuff that we're playing, the latest news stories, the latest rumors, the latest things doing the rounds in gaming. And obviously it's quite a flat month at the minute, um, being that, you know, most stuff isn't really coming out. Windjammers came out, but only only me and 30 people play are playing that. So You say this, friend, on, on the introduction to our podcast last Wednesday with Ben Roy, you were like, ah, it's a, it's a pretty flat news month, this. It's <laughs> not, not much is happening. And then literally... Half an hour later, the biggest deal in entertainment history went down. So all well, look, I'm saying is, good if jinx. I, if me saying this results in absolute bat s things going down, then no, <laughs> nothing's happening. Maybe something more crazy can come out. Sony can buy Capcom or whatever the hell they're doing. But overall, um, I've round, I've rounded up a nice little sandwich of stuff. So we're gonna have one slice crazy just craziness to be honest you'll see and then stuff that we're playing, and then we're gonna end on a tweet from the Game Awards that sparked a nice little um, discussion and um, that's doing the rounds at the minute. I know what you mean. One slice white bread, one one slice uh, <laughs> bob and biscuit, one slice butter, one slice lettuce. That's what we're having. That's the sandwich we're having. I'll today. tell you what. Speaking of sandwiches, if we're just speaking of crazy sandwiches, I said this to my wife the other night that I want to make a honey sandwich, which does That's... sound weird when you say it to your wife. I want to make a honey sandwich. But what, what would you take that to mean? I'm talking literally in a, in a sandwich context. Have you had a honey sandwich before? I haven't. Do you just mean like spreadable honey, as if it's yeah. jam or butter? Yes. Oh, nice. So Put I some biscuits in it. It'll be good. I don't. I don't I don't, that sounds like a criminal act. But when I was a kid, my uh, grandma used to make me a honey sandwich and it was just butter and honey in, in bread. And young me thought that was incredible. And I, oh, But dude. as I've discovered, as I grew up, no one knows what that is. And every time I say honey sandwich, they just give me contorted looks. That is such a lovely grandma thing, isn't it? Like, that just make you like the nicest, most wholesome meal. Just goes straight to the old taste buds. I it like does it. feel a bit like something that's put together in the war. Like this is all we've got left. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got honey sandwiches. I guess well, the, it's, you know, it's, all, it's all okay. I mean, it's better than what I used to have, man. I used to just eat <laughs> a few things. 
one uh, she used to really love tomato ketchup sandwiches you know just oh like no it's, okay i never, I never got sandwich, that eat it and otherwise i was talking about this with my friend the other day i would just go in the kitchen and just like get a bit of bread a slice of bread right and roll it up in my hands make it a ball like make it really tight so it's Why? like compact and solid because if you have like crap white bread, it just tastes like you're eating sugar. It tastes like a treat. You've got it all hard and dense and you whack that little bad boy in your mouth and it's good times, man. I I I have very few reactions to that, the idea of a ball of bread. I've never heard anybody describe that before. I thought my honey sandwich was going to be the craziest thing doing the rounds, but I, the idea of a... I'm going to put that out to the rest of the, uh, the other humans that we know and see what they think Please of do. balls of bread. Maybe someday I'll make it onto a video. It's been a while since we did the, uh, the chef, the salt bay thing. That was two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the cooking lesson video. Anyway, in regards to uh, gaming stuff, I want to talk about Abandoned, because this was doing the rounds oh. on uh, Reddit's Gaming uh, Leaks Reddit this morning, um, with people sharing a post that came from the official website, um, which has now been deleted, hilariously, um, but it. it did come from Blue Box. If you, I was going to give people a quick uh, quick recap on Abandoned, which I guess it is to say that there is a developer called Hassan Karaman, there is a, a development team called Blue Box, and they were uh, designing a first what looked like a first-person horror game, um, which looked very like PT, it looked very like Silent Hill, there were various things that lined up with the idea of it actually secretly being Silent Hill itself, worked on by Hideo Kojima. People realized that if you translated uh, Kojima from Japanese to Turkish, it was Karaman. There was all sorts of other stuff, like the font on the website was like San Antonio, and then San Antonio in Texas is a street called Silent Hill. It's a whole thing. <laughs> People got carried away, including me. Please go watch the video on YouTube. Um, but point being that when it came to the big reveal, of Karaman was out there on social media. This was months ago, I guess at some point last year. I forget when. Um, and he was like, oh, check out this app this is the big reveal and everybody ran home and and put it on and it was nothing it was nothing at all it was the same teaser that he put out um on a menu it was like a menu where you could pick a trailer and that was it and then everyone went what the hell are you doing caraman and then he sort of stepped back and just said oh look we're human beings we're we're getting through this don't abuse us etc which is obviously very valid um considering yeah. the amount of swill they would have been getting months now pass and uh, the abandoned website as of this morning, but again, like I say, the post has been deleted, so I apologize, I can't quote it directly, but they posted saying that everything up to this point is actually an AI algorithm. And they said that everything that's <laughs> happened that was, was an experiment. Um, and I can't the name of the, um, it was called Zero Press AI or something like that. And it was, oh, this is all an experiment um, from this AI to generate hype around this thing, including the man uh, walking around, because the, the trailer had a footage of a guy walking around, only, only the legs. It was nothing else, because the character model <laughs> wasn't legs. Legs, but was a set of legs. And, uh, and it was just, oh, it's all an, an AI algorithm. Thank you very much. And then that post has now been deleted. So what do you think? About the uh, whole thing? Scott Tailford. I love people still thinking it's Kojima as well. <laughs> <laughs> it's what he would no, do. Man. When it comes to abandoned man, like this is something that's just blown completely out of proportion, right? Yeah. This is a thing that should have been in the news cycle for a week, but because it had this strange link to Kojima, everyone is fascinated by it, man. Like, and mm -hmm. it just it just doesn't like it continues to not disappoint. Every new twist is as mad as the last. And I mm -hmm. don't know what's going on with it. I don't know what this even means. What does it mean? It's an AI algorithm. How does that have anything to do with anything going forward? And I just feel like any any other there's so much crap, right? People were pointing <laughs> towards um it being on PlayStation as being mm -hmm. like this evidence for it being a proper project with a proper backing and stuff yes but there's so much crap that goes on the playstation store man like there's so much guff oh that new that bit on the PlayStation where it's all new yeah. games horrendous yeah. the worst i don't stuff know ever. 
I don't know how some of the stuff actually gets on it because no. they're just like slapped together in five like minutes. Sheep feel adventure. That way. So what the hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. So to me, and again, you know, might not be one of those, but all I'm saying is there are a lot of those on the storefront already. And it, this feels to me like one of those that's just got a magnifying glass on it. <laughs> and well, the thing is, like, trying to capitalize on that exposure. Obviously. Yeah, well, it's like looking at uh, Caramanzo in history. I forget the name of the studios that he's been part of. But people, because obviously there was a massive spotlight on this across the last few months, and people did unearth other projects where he's announced stuff and gone, okay, we're kickstarting this, we're crowdfunding it, all the money's came in, and then he hasn't delivered whatever the product is and then he's announced something else and gone oh look i'm over here now and now oh, i'm getting money for this and so it seems like he's done this about three or four times before the difference this time is that his little marketing approach or grift or whatever the living hell it is lined up with silent hill lined up with the imagery of it lined up with the way that hideo kojima does stuff and obviously lined up with a fandom like hungry for the next installment of silent hill which is obviously like we've talked about loads the fact a very heavily rumored game that's still potentially still to come and yeah. so he's been thrown into the spotlight as like this peter molyneux-esque individual uh, which clearly doesn't have a plan um for what the hell he's actually going to be doing it's only me talking at this point but like i just don't i, I think it is just another bunch of hot air like i just yeah. don't believe it's anything and then sort of like he must have after everything blew up and they didn't have anything to show and they had to fall back on like look it's really tough times please don't abuse us whatever like that's very valid like as an isolated statement but they don't have anything they never had anything and then now they're just sort of trying to spin this thing of like well it was a, like like this weird meta comment on like well we were designing an ai thing and that's the new story yeah. and no no no, no. Sam. no. That, that's, that's pretty much where i'm at i'm just kind of like until i see something concrete from this mm. game if it is a game like that i'd say i don't want to be on this roller coaster anymore i want to get <laughs> off I, I don't like the ride please i'm going to start throwing up anytime soon speaking you know, of rides let me please. give you a ride that i have never i didn't join i forget the year this came out but it's been many years might have been a decade since i joined this ride dead space 2 beautiful ride brilliant ride dead space 1 I didn't play back when it first came out either. I played that many years later and thought it was very, very solid, very atmospheric, but I hated the mission structure. It's just go here, push X the game. And so everyone told me that Dead Space 2 was brilliant. And yes. I went, yeah, whatever. And then I just didn't get around to that until 2 a.m. last night. And I played a lovely sort of hour and a half. It's really good, Josh. It's really good. One yeah. of the best survival horror games ever made, some would say. Yeah. Um, I'm pleased you finally got around to it because I feel like Dead Space 2, man, it did stuff that survival horror games nowadays are still trying to catch up with. Like mm. visceral games, RIP visceral games, because they had, you know, a level of polish and a level of quality when it came to their presentation that was just unmatched at the time, in my mm. opinion. You know, for me, they were up there with the likes of Naughty Dog when it came to just how pristine their games felt and how pristine their games looked and how their worlds were brought to life. And Dead Space 2 takes the um, lessons from Dead Space 1 and mm. just bolsters it, and just makes the gameplay awesome, makes it crunchy, makes it big, makes the story really interesting, makes the environment design just so good. Dead Space 2 is one of the best games and I've not played it in so long <laughs> Because I don't want that to, uh, I don't want to be mistaken, Scott. Well, I, tell you I hold it so high in my brain that mm -hmm. I don't want it to be brought down. So please tell me from this hour and a half, two hours that you played, that it still holds <laughs> up. Please. Well, I, I think it holds up beautifully. I mean, they've got a lovely uh, 4K60 HDR patch on uh, Series X. Like that thing is crisp. Um, like it runs, it runs beautifully. It looks gorgeous. Obviously, the beginning of the game, you're kind of waking up in this mysterious facility. You don't really know what's going on. There's a, a there's a number of years passed since the first game, but obviously to your main dude, it feels like you're just waking up or whatever. And then you've been experimented on, and there's all different things to figure out that I have no idea about. But it did remind me of the suffering. Where's the suffering, Josh Brown? If I just throw in old stuff in, used to love that too. 
Yeah, and so, um, but yeah, going through that initial uh, that initial opening sequence where you're sort of just exploring the facility, and they they kick off the action side of stuff way faster than the original yeah. Dead Space. Like I just tweeted out, I was like, this game goes. Like you're just like, here's the uh, the plasma cutter, which is a really cool uh, gun that you can fire horizontally or vertically. And um, Dead Space's whole thing was limb severance and like trying to take down people by or take down the creatures uh, by whittling them down in that way. And I love every game should have a dedicated stomp button because yes, this should. game stomp is the best stomp ever like and they made it so you can just chain it together like he absolutely just goes to town on something <laughs> and you just like just good just go, go kill the thing and it's just it's so much fun it's like if you've been trying to i can't think of the last time i did this in real life but because when i was younger i was more scared of spiders i guess i got older i'm just like oh they're just they're just everywhere at once and you can't do anything about them there's probably one in the ceiling next to me but probably. when i was a, when i was a youngin i was terrified of them and i would run out run around trying to catch them and when i'd finally get one i'd just beat the living paste out of it <laughs> And I was just like, because you came in the house when I'm trying to sleep. I just, why are you doing this to me? That's and it reminded me of that. It reminded me of that just die energy, yeah. which I love. I mean, totally, especially because, you know, those survival horror games, especially at the time, mm. would play on the idea of, ooh, is this body going to come back to life? Yes. In this game, you walk up to that body and you start stamping the ever-loving <laughs> hell out of it with your big crunchy boots. And it's it's unbelievably They always give you rewards for it as well. Like they say, push uh, whatever it is <laughs> to loot the corpse. And you just smash your foot through it. And then an item pops out. It's like, oh, that's me looting the corpse, is it? I just, yeah. I kicked the ammo out of the side of its chest. It's a beautiful thing. It's it's uh, it's it's lovely, man. And you know, going back to what you said there about how it just kicks straight into the action, like mm. that is so true. You know, the first game is very much a dedicated survival horror game in the classic mm. sense, and this is more what Resident Evil Five was trying to do. You know, updating the genre to make it more action-packed. To use a well-overused um, analogy to transform it from aliens from alien into aliens. Absolutely. You know, you're, yeah. you're going to that level, and you don't lose anything though. I don't think from Dead Space Two. Like it only improves because it has that extra intensity from the action. You know, you're still on edge, you're still in suspense, mm. but you feel good when you manage to pull off, you know, one of those great stomps or you, you know, sever a limb, pick it up with your telekinesis and then impale one of the monsters against the wall. Like that loop of yes. stomping, of dismembering, of throwing stuff at these <laughs> enemies just doesn't get old and feels so, so good. That thing of, because they, they give you those powers in the original one and then in yes. this one, it's just, oh, you, you just picked up telekinesis or you picked up stasis um, so you can freeze an enemy in midair uh, or like as they're sort of coming towards you and then like, maybe let off a bunch of different shots in their head and everything falls apart in super slow motion in that case, which is another really cool effect. Um, but yeah, like that idea of just playing with the powers, like there's a thing that I'm realizing going back to so many old games, and I think I might attempt some sort of editorial slash discussion thing on it, where I feel like in older games, there was a bigger amount of trust between the developers and the player. And I think a lot of that comes from the publisher, uh, publisher whims, like, you know, playtesting and test audiences now um, and different publishers going like, well, we need to make sure that everybody is getting the most out of this game. So let's handhold as much as possible. Let's railroad whatever the sequence is. Let's make sure that everybody is seeing as many whiz-bang firework parts as possible and as many yeah. gameplay mechanics are upfront as possible. Whereas in old stuff, you could like experiment with things a lot more. You could chain stuff together. The way that Dead Space's combat is like a nice sandbox of potential elements. Like it's like freeze this guy, grab a fire extinguisher off the wall, throw that at this other guy's head, stomp something else so it doesn't get me, swing around with a haymaker. Like it just yeah. it's a nice amount of experimental um, experimental mechanics in that area. And I just, I feel like you're kind of just left to it. And I love that. And I've, I've kind of found that the more I've gone back to older stuff. And I, totally. I personally adore that. I find that that gives you so much more agency in every single game. 
Yeah, like you said, you know, there's a level of freedom there and it works fluidly in the game. So it, you feel like you're comboing stuff together. It mm. feels like it connects. It feels like almost like you were intended to do that. Mm-hmm. But I think it works so well in Dead Space's case, especially because for me, survival horror combat works best when it feels improvised where it feels like yes. in every encounter like i just got feel, through that yeah like you just got through it you were thinking on the spot you you turned around you happened to see this um wrench or whatever you picked it up you slapped the zombie with it in dead space nails that feel with all of these elements kind of coming together you know what i mean you're mm. using everything at your disposal to get through these combat encounters and it feels like you're literally just scraping through with your wits and whatever mm. you have around you and that goes so far in making it feel tense and making well, it feel thing. like horror yeah, that's why I love, like, you sort of have these, like, insane, like, because I put a, a clip up on Twitter, it was, the, it was the first time I was like, oh my god, that was brilliant, where it was just this sequence of things, ways I took dudes out, threw a firing extinguisher at someone, I grabbed a corpse of another necromorph and yes. threw that at someone else, and then I hit the stomp button, and the, as, like, it was one of those things where it was this big, chaotic mess of animations and everything else, all very much controllable, but then it just ended with me stomping one guy over and over again, his blood <laughs> went everywhere, and that was, like, it was like one drum beat being left after a whole instrumental has, like, died down. And so, yeah, Dead Space 2, I know I'm massively late to, uh, to the party for it. It is on um, EA Play, which is part of Game Pass. So if you're on Xbox and you want to play it, um, it's already part of your subscription. So I um, that's why I dove into it. Plus, it was just one of those things that I, I know it's a gap in my knowledge that I should play. Um, and I'm going to get to Dead Space 3, I guess, eventually, even though it's taken me many years between them. I know 3 is not liked at all, but if the combat's Ooh. chunky, then maybe... Yeah. That's it. We'll, I'm sure we'll talk about this at the time, but I know mm. Ben Roy's played three. In fact, he might have played it recently. But uh, right. Dead Space 3, I don't <clears throat> hate as much as other people mm. because the core combat is still good and still has that level of visceral polish. But uh, I, I won't say anymore <laughs> until you get to it. You know the reputation of the game, Scott Silver. You've been around this track a, lo- a long time now, so you you know what to expect. The thing is, like, just overall, to sort of round this, because we're going to get to something that you've been playing, which is another old game. I think it's very telling that, um, one, Xbox has a backwards compatible sale on, so it's easy to go pick yes. stuff up for a few pounds. Um, but also just like I said how empty this month has been I know Pokemon's out on Friday I'm looking forward to it Windjammers I bought on every platform I own because I'm just that ill but overall <laughs> this month hasn't been that full of stuff so it's, it's it's quite telling that a lot of us have just sort of escaped into the past it's like the Matrix thing it's like nothing quells anxiety like a bit of nostalgia and I think oh. we've kind of gone back to stuff and um, and so I was going to the, the to round off the backwards comp- compatibility thing and then segue to yours I did play a little bit of Spinter Cell Chaos Theory and I think that's ah. a game to hold up um, just as a very quick example of something where the devs completely just go here's a sandbox here's some abilities here's some enemy ai figure it out and you 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 do figure it out and it feels satisfying it feels intense and it feels like you're uh, improvising your way through those levels and i i just want that to come back i don't need you know the the hand-holdy nature of modern gaming just it's 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 cool guys give me a space and i'll figure i'll figure it out not to derail this podcast scott but i looked (laughs) at any sandwiches mate go on he almost bought it. He almost bought it. That's a Splinter Cell game. But it was a double agent, yeah? I definitely got that right. Was it Me, I was agent? playing Chaos Theory. Oh, okay. Well, I think I think Double Agent was on the back compat sale. Yes, and I it almost is. bought it, but it was the original Xbox version and not the 360 version, which right. is the one I grew up with and right. the one I played. So I was you like, play the original oh, one, dude. Like, that's, I way prefer the original one. That's what I've heard. I've heard a lot of people do, yeah. but I just never played it. Like, I just got the 360 version, and to me, that was the version. So maybe if the sale's still on, or even if it's not, maybe that's where I'll go to next. That game, that original one, has the coolest mechanic they didn't do anything with, where when you're about to be spotted, um, you can put your hands up, and then they walk. the guard walks up to you. Ah, and it's a quick right. time event, but it worked for the time. But still, they could do something more with it if they did it now. But Sam puts his hands up, and if you hit the button at the right time, you do a really cool counter, and then you can just keep going with the mission. 
and they cool. don't like they don't do the crazy alarm AI thing of the entire base now knows where you are. I wish they did more with that. Um, but all of this is to say um, that you've been playing Brothers in Arms Hell's Highway, which I picked I that up have. a couple of years ago. I think you yes. finished it. I think you, you lived on it. I did. I really did. <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, so yeah, I think I mentioned it in the podcast last week or maybe mm. the week before. Like I've, I've struggled getting into big games um, since Christmas. Mm. Uh, I tried Metroid um, Dread and it's just something about them wasn't clicking. You know, I've been really enjoying um, Guardians of the Galaxy, but yes. I'm going through that very slow. I'm almost treating that as a TV show. Like, I can't I do more than off one. that game and I barely know why. I'm just like, oh. okay. I think it's I think it's because you know the the presentation of it is so good the story of it is so great the characters are awesome like the dynamic between the guardians guardians the guardians is amazing just the combat for me doesn't um engage me on the level I needed to to mm. invest hours upon hours in it so I'm kind of playing it like a TV show I'll jump in and I'll do one mission and then I'll jump out and I'll go back to it a few days later but yes all this is to say I picked up um, Brothers in Arms which I've been meaning to go back to for years now because I loved that franchise when I was younger mm-hmm. and I was jealous when you started playing it um, last year <laughs> and it was on the sale so I got it and expecting to do the same thing expecting to pick it up have a nostalgia trip play it for a few hours put it down and then I finished it and I found <laughs> this was the game of all the games in the world of all the games that i own Mm -hmm. to get me back in and i think there was just something about the flow because brothers in arms unlike other first person shooters is very tactical it's very squad based you get um you know uh, but like sometimes up to 10 or so nine or so squad mates with you that you um you know 
send around the field, you know, mm -hmm. to put covering fire down, to attack from the flank, et cetera, et cetera. So it's very methodical, it's very tactical. And if you're out in the open, you will get gunned down. And there was just something so deeply satisfying in moving from place to place slowly, mm -hmm. taking out those enemies and gaining ground in this war of attrition. There was something about that flow that just kept me in. It was a level of tactics to it but also it didn't lose the kind of visceral nature of a first person shooter because you're still pulling off slow motion headshots that zoom in yeah. and you know accentuate the gore and stuff and it was for me the best of both worlds and i thought with the added additions of you know auto hdr and the like you know the uprising it just it, it felt fresh still and it was exactly yeah. what i needed well because like hardly there was there was like a little time where like i said band of brothers did it mass effect brought in tactics like pausing the action yeah. in an otherwise like standard third person shooter or whatever um to issue like squad commands and then there was that XCOM the bureau declassified where they try to take um standard well what would be standard XCOM gameplay and apply it to a third person shooter model and that one obviously didn't work very well but like that idea of implementing squad commands into first person stuff or third person stuff I'll take way more of that like I'm a I'm a I, I love turn based everything um, and so, like, give me, like, little, like, glimpses of that. I feel like when the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, edition came out, it was one yeah. of those times where it was like, oh, yeah, like, I remember this, like, hybrid approach to stuff. And when you do it well, like, you know, that you have, like, a shortcut for a squad mate or, like, you're sending them, like, you're, like, on the fly coming up with flanking positions while you yes. sort of ferret another AI enemy out of a different way. And I just, I think all that stuff, there's so much more you could do with that, especially now where AI has come along so far and you could load stuff in faster and whatever. Um, but, yeah, Brothers in Arms, I feel like it, for me, it fell down over time. Like, not that I, um, I dislike it. I really, really liked it. But I bounced off after a few hours because of the controls. I just kind of found that it was a bit too um, cumbersome to get dudes in the right place. And then I was like, yeah. I don't know when I'm safe. Like, I'm like, well, I think I can run from this point to this point. And I was kind of just getting through um, areas. And it was totally. just like, I want to do this better. Like the, the, the restart, do this clean part of me was like, I just want to do this the right way because I love tactic stuff. But for me, I couldn't get that stuff down. But I, I imagine like it must have clicked with you. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not perfect. Like you said, you know, the controls really are cumbersome. The fact that, you know, like the left trigger is how you send out squad commands. You know, you have to hold down A to sprint, you know, stuff like that <laughs> feels very archaic now. And yeah, it is punishing as well. You know, the whole point is that it's a cover shooter, but it's a cover shooter in almost like the purest sense. It's like if you are, get caught out in the open, like you will get gunned down. Like the yeah. game works around a suppression mechanic where enemies have a red marker above their head and you need to turn that gray so they're shot Shots, you know don't hit you so you can advance forward so you need to keep the enemy suppressed with your teams and stuff and that can make for moments where if you're trying to play it like call of duty you just get gunned down you know you just get like attacked <laughs> your, your squad mates can die so then you're left without the full team and stuff like that and it does it is very demanding and it is cumbersome which isn't a great mix but for me yeah like it just did come together and um, it's not perfect you know like like you said the issues there uh, combined with a, a pretty poor final stretch where it feels like they run out of money or maybe mm. bank on a sequel that just never arrived like the ending isn't good and it just devolves in you destroying tanks over and over again which isn't that fun <laughs> or what the game was beforehand but if but i mean it's like really cheap now and for it's worth it for those first few hours because it's just it's i would love to see a, a new version but i wouldn't mm. um believe in gearbox to do it right like i don't think they would stick to like the tactical no they would put a loop system in it or something. i think they would make it a blockbuster and that's kind of like ah you had something special i wish we got um, other I games really, experimented like, with this in that way yeah i i really hope that with the, the xbox deal going through and the amount of like potential money that will get funded into what would be let's say b tier uh, releases like Brothers and Arms Hell's Highway. I know it was a big deal for the time in terms of the production, but like it feels retroactively fresh 
because of the tactile, because of the tactics that are in it. And I feel like that was that as an idea, like a first-person shooter military game with a tactics thing on the side, just wouldn't get greenlit in the current industry as no. much. Whereas I feel like there's a potential for it now, or there's a potential for it if you don't have really um, overly scrutinized game design like coming from the likes of uh, the Ubisoft top-tier people, the Activision uh, higher-ups or whatever. I just wanted more of an industry where we can do those things again. Like, why not? It's like, I mean, going back to Time Splitters 2, I played that last night at like 2 in the morning. And uh, Time Splitters 2, that game's cutscenes are like incredible still. Like the, the animation, mm-hmm. the way that that stuff, like it's literally Pixar level stuff in terms of the, the way that um, the wireframe meshes move the characters and stuff. Obviously the detail's not there. Um, but it's got such a fluidity to it. And I was like, oh, a game having this much of an in- of a distinguished art style in 3D, I just feel like I'd barely seen it. Like, it's like, totally. I can hardly think of anything else that's even come close to that. Like, it still stands out in a retroactively fresh way. And you could put it alongside these other, like, older games that still feel worthwhile now. Totally, man. I mean, as someone who also bought Time Splitters 2 and Time <laughs> Splitters 3 in that sale, and have, I've only dabbled in Time Splitters 2 a little bit now. But Do you know what the coolest thing about Time Splitters 2 is? While I very quickly hop in, you can completely remap the controls, which I didn't realize back in the day. That's so you can cool. just make I it like control a like a modern shooter. Yeah, if you, if you don't totally. want to zoom in on, uh, on the right stick or whatever, or you do, you can do, you can <laughs> do it all day long. Well, yeah, with like those games and a few others, I feel like, you know, the developers knew their limitations and they just absolutely embraced them instead of having all of the money in the world and all of the resources in the world. Like they knew they had these limitations. So they played to their strengths. They played, they made these characters that were, that jumped off the screen and they made sure that they were detailed in their movements because they couldn't make them as detailed in their polygons mm. or in their, you know, um, textures and what have yeah, you. Yeah. I just think it does, it plays to its strengths, man. Yeah, all, the, all of those things do. I think, like you said, they were working with a certain level of technology. And at the time, the general energy or the attitude around game development was just like, let's see what we can do. Like, I feel like that curve was just flying upwards across all of the 2000s yeah. and it largely still does. Um, <clears throat> but a couple of, um, you know, people in the industry, like the likes of Activision, the likes of Ubisoft, like they flatlined that curve when I think that like it's, you always want to see things that are reaching for the sky or going upwards or trying new things. <clears throat> As my voice fails me though, let's transition into <laughs> the final part of this podcast, um, which just came from a tweet that the game awards uh, account put out jeff keely i assume runs this uh, same account um and just put something out that's got a lot of people talking the tweet was who do you think is the highest quality game developer or team in the world today now i have a very specific answer for this but what's what do you think Dude, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure we're going to talk about a multiple different studios <laughs> at this moment in time, but obviously... I've got two in, specifics, yeah. Me too, me too. I've got two, and the first is maybe more obvious. For me, Naughty Dog is still on a run that is unmatched, you know? I still no. think their games recently have been masterpieces. I, if you know me, I'm a huge, huge fan of The Last of Us Part Two. loved Uncharted 4, uh, of The Last of Us 1, obviously, uh, they're, they're great. I love every mm. single thing that comes out of that studio, but increasingly those releases are few and far between scott tilford and (laughs) i think that my second pick beats them in terms of uh volume and that is from software from software oh show i've just man if i look back on the last generation they made some of my favorite games of that generation you know bloodborne second road dark souls like there is a very familiar gameplay template that links all of these but each one for me uh just kind of brought something fresh to the table and i look forward to every single one of their releases i can't wait for elden ring and for me they've just not missed in like 13 years or whatever it is from software are like that's the from soft aren't any of my two picks but i think they are hands down on the form of their lives like they are on a yes. on a career history making streak like that is, is it, unbelievable yes. the streak they're on 
100%. And, you know, sorry to jump in again. I just no, got no. very excited there because I just thought, you know, <laughs> unlike maybe Naughty Dog or maybe unlike Rockstar, who I might have had in, you know, a few years ago, I don't think From Software's peaked yet. I think, you know, Dark Souls, like I said, one of my favorite games of all time. Bloodborne, my favorite games of all time. But I just feel like they're doing more and they're, you know, growing as a studio the more they make. And Elden Ring, obviously, with it being open world and bigger and stuff, you might mm. disagree. But for me, they, they're constantly doing new stuff. And I don't think they've, again, I don't think they've hit their peak yet. They're, they're weird when you think about, like, yeah, like you, like, what's an absolute five-star, all-out recommendable history-making release from from software? And I would I would say that's the first Dark Souls. But the first Dark Souls is very flawed, like, as a overall game. There's a lot of, like, issues with it, some of the animations, some of the different glitches, like, whatever. Um, they, like you said, they haven't fully peaked, but it's like, it is interesting. But yeah, overall for them as a company, um, the trajectory of them, like Demon Souls being hated, and then years yeah. later being like, they're doing Dark Souls and everyone going like, oh no, actually it's all right. And then like massive 180, um, everything changed, Dark Souls 2, 3, Bloodborne, Sekiro, like it, it's ludicrous. And now Elden Ring's coming out in a few weeks, which like, yeah, it, it seems to be on track to dominate again. Uh, my two, uh, my number one best company in the world, best developer in the world is by far Insomniac. Because um, I just mm. think that I'm not just looking at... Because um, for me, Naughty Dog excel in rendering. They excel in um, literally capturing human performances. But I don't think they do as much with um, the gameplay side of things. Even though like the Last of Us 2 gameplay, the way that they like mesh all the different animations together and how smooth that game is, is astonishing. But I don't think they do enough with it. Um, I kind of wish that Last of Us 2... I wish you could highlight Last of Us 2 and go, you must play this. Because of, like the reason you must experience it is because you need to play something and not necessarily yes. see something or uh, or whatever. Like, you know, a lot of the um, biggest appeal of Naughty Dog stuff for me is in the cutscenes, um, and it, that's especially true in Uncharted, um, where it just I just there's a lot of parts of Uncharted's gameplay that I just hate. So I'm just like getting taken out from across the map, and it just <laughs> I just hate it. Whereas if I go to Insomniac, for me as an as a all round package, like the amount of games they've turned out for one is ludicrous. They, the like across the last um, six years now. Uh, both Ratchet and Clank's, both Spider-Man games. Um, they, obviously, Sunset Overdrive was a year before then. But the level of polish and the playability and just the, 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 the amount of stuff they get right. And then on the behind the scenes, you've got the developers saying that they don't do crunch, which might be absolute BS. But no one mm -hmm. seemed to challenge that. I thought Trio was going to do a report on that. Um, but as far as their team has put together, um, all the developers were saying that obviously they're all very happy there. They're turning a lot of stuff around. Um, Spider-Man 2 is coming up. Wolverine's coming up. But I feel like... The amount of stuff they nail—it's just uh, just across the park, across the park, across the across the board. <laughs> there's, a, there's a there's a board in the park across the um, every single measure you could give them. I feel like they absolutely smash it. And um, my other one, um, before you can uh, <laughs> before you can reply to that, um, is Supergiant because um, oh, I think they okay. actually they would be my from soft level. That's a hell of a trajectory thing. Like I <clears throat> think when they started out uh, with Bastion, the fact that you've got Greg Kasabin coming from GameSpot and his first game with the team is Bastion. Uh, Transistor, slightly weaker, but I still would recommend Transistor. The way you unlock stuff in that game and the way it's tied to the story is phenomenal. Um, Pyre, beautiful game, little basketball-style game, absolutely adore it. And then obviously Hades, um, which like Hades yeah. is just this ludicrous accomplishment for storytelling and, and mapping a story to a roguelike. So they will be, those will be my two, Insomniac and Supergiant. Very good pick, Scott Tilford. Cannot <laughs> fault them. There are a lot of good uh, video game studios, aren't there? With Insomniac, mm. like I can only echo everything you've just said. I don't think anyone is doing it like Insomniac is doing it now with uh, their output and level of consistency. Like you know, you're in for a good time when you get an Insomniac mm. game. You know it's going to be of a certain level. However, they're only not up there <laughs> for me because whilst they are incredibly consistent, and I would recommend their games to anyone, they've yet to make the the masterpiece for me mm. they're yet to make the five-star game that i'm craving i loved spider-man 
but Ratchet and Clank, I, I could appreciate, but it didn't get me in. And it's just like, they're making really good games, but they're not making amazing ones. At it least. is and interesting. That's like, and yeah. that's, that's, I feel harsh, you know, because it's really hard to make a very good game. And I love that mm. they're around, you know, I have nothing but praise for them. But if I'm talking about, you know, my personal the top of the top god tier and um, developers that make god tier games they're just they're not they're not quite there but i will never no, ever fault them for anything well the thing is <clears throat> that is true i mean that's the thing i would say that um their first spider-man although i think it plays things very safe i don't think it has necessarily any real new game mechanics it falls back on old stuff and then polishes them up to a ludicrous degree but that game would be it's such an, an all-round package you could give anyone a copy of spider-man i think they'd have an absolute yes. blast with it um hence the fact that it's, it's still ludicrously selling um, but yeah, it would be something like that. I think Miles Morales is a hell of a follow-on, and like, but it it is true though that they they do play things fairly safe, and that that can be a detriment if we're holding them up as the best studio in the world, because um, they're yet to <clears throat> really take any risks. Like they've not really done a game mechanic that's risky, a, a thematic idea that's risky, a storytelling beat or whatever. Um, and that's it, it is both a positive and a negative that they're able to nail things to such a safe degree. Um, but yeah, overall, um, it's like it is a hell of a, of a lot of different um, studios to pick from that are at a certain uh, level of production these days. I'm just checking some of the um, responses on Twitter. A lot of people say Naughty Dog. Um, a lot of people also saying From Software. Um, and overall, it just seems like people are favoring the um, the big top tier mature production stuff. Because I feel yeah. like that adds an extra level of quality. Um, and some people saying that the return of Capcom has been a beautiful thing to see, like the Resident Evil, Devil May Cry, Monster Hunter, Dude. even Mega Man. Absolutely. Like Capcom, uh, you know, if they keep that streak up, if they don't break it with another god-awful Resident Evil game, like I think <laughs> they absolutely will deserve to be considered amongst the top developers working mm -hmm. today because the turnaround they've done in that company is crazy. Like the Capcom of 10 years ago, we would be laughing out the room. You know, they were making all the same <laughs> mistakes that the likes of EA and stuff were making now, mm -hmm. but it feels like they're a little bit ahead of the curve, maybe because they got criticized for, for it beforehand. And yeah, like you said, you know, with Devil May Cry, with Resident Evil, with all of the stuff they've got on board monster hunter whatever mm -hmm. they're just releasing hit after hit and yeah if, if they keep if they keep that momentum up they could be some <laughs> of the best working today I'm gonna say. i think overall like the tweets like that really highlight like how far those companies have come like, from the, like, like we said the from software streak the super giant streak um elden ring out in the next few weeks and um, someone shouted out nintendo which is like nintendo are sort of just like slow and steady like i feel like they've <laughs> the switch hasn't had that many top tier like obviously it's dominated by breath of the wilds like obviously that's 2017 um, and you do have the likes of splatoon 2 mario odyssey and Monster Hunter Rise and stuff like that, but they Nintendo could do with kind of doing more another Breath of the Wild sized release, and maybe that'll just be Breath of the Wild too. But I feel like they could do with more stuff that like turns heads, that is absolutely top five star. You must play this stuff, and not just yeah. falling back on the third parties as much. Totally, it's another one that I would never obviously begrudge if someone named Nintendo as their mm. you know favorite developer or publisher or whatever, because they're constantly putting out you know high level stuff of high mm. quality. It's just that their games, apart from Breath of the Wild, haven't haven't hit me on the level I want them to. You know, mm. I have like maybe you been waiting for that next, literally the next Breath of the Wild, but also a Nintendo first party game that just connects with me on that level. Yeah. You know, I thought Mario Odyssey was all right, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, but nothing is. Nothing has blown me away the same than when I got my Switch in 2017 and I yeah. started playing Breath of the Wild on Christmas Day. It was a beautiful that, memory. A beautiful I was going to say that that whole 2017 discovering the Switch, discovering Breath of the Wild. It was that was a beautiful time. That just speaking of stuff in general that is lush and we're looking forward to. Hopefully, Breath of the Wild 2 actually makes it to the rest of this year. Yes. Um, but overall, um, come find us on social media. Come give us a shout. Who's the best working developer or team or whatever, however you want to define it, uh, working in gaming right now? Because this is 
has been the wind-up. I've been Scott Taylor, joined by the birthday boy himself, Josh Brown. <laughs> a pleasure as always, Scott. A pleasure as always. Honey Thank you. sandwiches, and we'll catch you next time. Bourbons. Bye-bye. Get waving to you, then I'm waving. I'm waving on an audio-only <laughs> podcast. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>